Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wasson, our AKA the Red Shirt King. I am the editor in chief of Imperial Esports, and we are here for part nine of our 10 part team by team North American LCS podcast preview. Uh, you noticed I wasn't there yesterday because I had to let Walter talk with Jacob Wolf all about Impulse, but I am back today uh, with my good friend, Walter Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I'm I'm doing pretty good, and it was an excellent podcast. If you haven't listened to it, even though it's about a terrible team, I highly recommend it. We had a lot of uh, a lot of nice, interesting points back and forth, and he he shed a lot of insight into kind of the process that that Impulse has gone through over the over the past like two months. So de- definitely highly highly recommend it. It's uh it's genuinely uh, both interesting and quite funny, and uh, I I'm looking at this team. And I, it's not funny, but it gives me a funny feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I, I really I, – it's weird that I feel so weird about Team Liquid. You know, this is a team that has basically finished fourth since the team was, you know, formerly Team Curse. It is the curse curse, if you will. And, you know, over the offseason, it was mostly smaller changes. Lorlo comes in to replace Quas in the top lane, obviously that being the biggest change. Uh, that happened this offseason. Smoothie is replacing X Special as the support. And Loco Doco is now the coach of Team Liquid after promising he was done with coaching and he had he wanted nothing to do with it. He is now the coach of Team Liquid. Uh, and I Will Dominate, Phoenix, and Piglet have all come back. Walter, what is your first reaction when looking at this roster? So my first reaction when I'm looking at this roster is like, okay. I think, you know, they made a little bit of an upgrade in the support position. I think Smoothie is a little bit better support than uh, X-Special. And then Lorlo, the the entire circumstances around Quas no longer being the top laner are, are, are very saddening. And not a lot of details are out, but it, it seems like there was some personal issue that he was dealing with. And I'm going to reference the third episode of Team Liquid's uh, series uh, quite a few times because I watched it and it, it gave me a lot of points that I'm going to bring up in this, especially around the not not non gameplay, the the life that they're living and and you know all together and and Liquid has gone to this this unofficial ten man roster essentially, but Lorlo is a top laner that's bounced around the challenger scene. He's played on uh, on Storm in the past. He was on CLG, uh, their challenger team most recently. And he's been kind of one of those guys that anytime a top lane position opens up, he's a name that gets brought up of, well, this is an NA talent that maybe could fill that role. And we just haven't seen him in the LCS. And he only had uh, that one challenger split, the spring split last year with CLG. And wasn't they, the team wasn't great, but Lorlo kind of stood out amongst the, the, the four other, the, the five players of the team. And I'm, I'm happy to see him get his shot. I'm just not certain that this is the right circumstance for him to be successful. Yeah, it's there are a lot of things around this team that are worth talking about. We'll get to Lorlo a little bit more in a bit. But we have to start with the most exciting storyline around this Team Liquid roster, which is the addition of Smoothie. This is the support that supposedly Piglet wanted. Uh, Piglet has asked... For the ability to play with this guy, he believes it's going to be a strong asset to making this bot lane the best that it can be. So I ask you, Walter, do you think Smoothie is the support that will finally put Piglet on the top of the North American 80 carry standings where at least Piglet believes he probably belongs? 
So it's unfortunate Smoothie did not have the greatest season with uh, with Team Dragon Knights. They had all their 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 visa issues with Ninja and Emperor, so he didn't really get to showcase a lot of his stuff when he was mainly playing with Latman, who is not a very good AD carry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone, but he has shown shown some success in the past in a variety of champions. He pretty much plays all the different play styles of support, whether it's your your tanks, whether it's your engages, your disengages, your AP you know, harass style, which is, you know, kind of Nami and, and Sona. He's played like all these champions to, you know, a pretty un you know, he, he understands all of them and he can play them to an acceptable uh circumstance. His word control is, you know, all right for for a challenger to low tier LCS support player. And one of the primary reasons he was on TDK and one of the primary reasons I think that Piglet wanted him is that he speaks Korean. So this could be one of those things that maybe the two of them will speak Korean during the laning phase, which there was kind of a language barrier between Piglet and Expecial. Uh, maybe they'll speak Korean during laning phase. Maybe they won't. Maybe this is more of a, uh, because Smoothie is Korean, it'll help Phoenix and Piglet integrate even further into kind of the North American lifestyle and, and further uh, get used to the culture and all that stuff. Um, I think he'll be a good support. I don't think he'll be amazing. And I, and I don't necessarily think that support is what's been preventing Piglet from being the very, you know, the number one AD carry in North America. Yeah, and that's the, where I come down on this. Is you look at what X-Special did last split, and X-Special's stats were pretty good. Uh, he didn't have any, you know, overwhelmingly terrible kind of numbers when you just, you know, take a quick glance at it. Uh, and honestly, when you watched him on a game-by-game basis, he looked fine. Now, he didn't look great. He didn't look like, you know, prime X-Special, but he looked fine. Uh, he d- certainly didn't look like the problem with that team when they were starting to struggle. Whereas Smoothie has some kind of interesting faults to him. He had a 2.3 KDA, uh, mostly because he died 65 times. That was the fourth most in the league, and he played three to four fewer games than just about everybody else here because he missed the first three games of the regular season when Baby had to sub in for him. So those deaths are a problem. And now, obviously, some of that is going to be, you know, trying to save Emperor, who, as we know, is a very aggressive AD carry, likes to jump in and make these plays. And if you're going all in and it doesn't work, then you're going to die as well. But there's nothing about Smoothie outside of his ability to speak Korean that just screams massive improvement or even slight improvement from what we got from a special last split. They're both to me kind of just fine. Uh, their warding is average. Uh, kill participation is a little below average, but there weren't a lot of, you know, players that around him for the first, you know, four or five weeks he was there. So I kind of get where he's coming from on that. I just, I don't see where outside of the language barrier that might be brought down you're really going to see something that Smoothie offers that X-Special didn't, other than maybe attitude stuff, which we'll get to later on, I'm sure. Uh, but let's get to the most underrated storyline. And, and Walter, i got to ask you this question. Is Phoenix well, of, co- secret- of course you do. I'm the only person here. That's <laughs> I mean, I could ask myself, I suppose, make it like a one-man pod, just eliminate you from the equation entirely. <laughs> um, but I'm going to... It's just this is a question that just it's it's burning in me. I gotta ask: Is is Phoenix secretly good? No. 
No, I, I don't think so. I don't think Phoenix is good. No, but I, well, I guess it depends what he's playing. Yeah, I think he played fairly well on on a certain number of champions. The, his victor was okay. His Azir was pretty good. Um, but beyond that, he has a lot of depth to his champion pool, but not a lot of not a lot of consistency. He, you know, everybody remembers the the big Azir wall quadra kill that you know quadra kills that he's gotten and all these amazing mechanical plays. You know, he had some excellent Oriana shockwaves in in the summer uh, in the summer playoffs and and even in the regional finals. But beyond that, he hasn't really shown much skill on on anything other than those very few champions. He feels very pole beltery to me. Where if he can get you know the couple of champions that he really works hard on and is very good at, they're they're great. But beyond that, he, you know, he, I don't know. He just doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel like he's carrying games or, or really controlling games unless he's on those very specific control style mages. We don't have a lot of highlights of him playing anything else. It's pretty much the Azir and the Victor. Which is so interesting because if you look at what he did in the spring, especially in the, in the spring playoffs, he was playing a pretty diverse range of champions. We saw him play Corky three times in the in the spring playoffs. We've seen some Ari from him uh, in the spring, both in the regular season and the playoffs. Lissandra was actually his best mid laner in the spring split, which you know says something about where Lissandra was at the time. But he wasn't always pigeonholed in that kind of way. But you look at his, you know if you look at the overall stats, you'd see one picture, which is a five point two KDA, second in kills, second in assists. Third in kill participation. Great laning stats. Second in both CS and gold differential of 10 minutes. Third in damage. Second in earned gold per minute. I mean, these are great stuff. And then you look at how it was distributed. And almost all of the stuff, the numbers that really skew the data, came from his Azir, which was incredible. Went 5-0. and Was basically permabanned from that point forward. Uh, he did really well on Orianna and on Twisted Fate. Uh, those were some champions that he kind of showed some ability to to use well. And, you know, you'll notice that the trend are champions that have either one big team fight kind of ult that can turn things around and set up his teammates to make plays, or people with enough mobility that if he makes a mistake, he can get out of the way. Because when he's playing some of these other champions, his death numbers get a lot worse. Um, his ability to make plays uh, and set the rest of his teammates up gets a lot worse. And that's that's the concern here, is if people have figured out his, uh, his Azir, if people have figured out how to kind of attack this guy and, and force him out of his comfort zone, then the stats we saw last split are not going to be the stats we see this time around. But Walter, I have a bigger fear when I look at this team, and it's this Lorlo guy. Now, I'm not the biggest challenger guy in the world, so I defer to a certain extent, especially when CLG Black wasn't even in the uh, the North American Challenger Series in the summer. So we don't have stats that I can point to when it comes to Lorlo. So I got to ask you, how does Lorlo replace both Quas's skill and veteran presence on this team? So... In terms of the veteran presence, I don't think it's necessary for him to have a veteran presence. They have a veteran. They have veteran presences here. They have 
I will dominate. They have Piglet. They have Phoenix. They need to be the veterans here because they do have two rookies. I don't think that's the issue. I think the skill aspect aspect of it, there's a there's a point to be made there. But I also think that they criminally underused Quas uh, and all of his his skill and and his, the depth of his champion pool. You know, for for the entire year, they just really pigeonholed him on. Nope, you're going to be the supportive utility guy for our other carries, whether it's Voiboy, whether it was Cop, whether it's Phoenix and Piglet. They always kind of pushed him to the side and said, nope, you're going to be playing tanks, you're going to be playing utility. Remember, this dude was the Swain god in solo queue. Everybody always wanted to see him get to bring Swain out on the professional stage. See, you know, this crazy guy who is, who is playing from, from Latin America and uh, from from uh, Venezuela, and like on top of the challenger leaderboard, and oh my lord, he's so amazing! He's this carry style top laner. This is great. This is great. This is great. And then you got none of it. Absolutely none of it. They they put him on tanks. They put him on utility stuff. Maybe he got to play a Hecarim or something every once in a while, and that stuff was sort of popular, but never played through Quas. It was always playing through their mid laner and playing through their AD carry, and Quas just had to fit the system. So I don't think that the skill difference really matters as long as Lorlo can fit that similar style of you're going to be supporting Piglet and Phoenix, you're going to be playing utility, you're going to be playing tanks, end of story, suck it up, Buttercup. Which I think Lorlo fits a little bit better than Quas. I think Lorlo does have the ability to play some of the the carry kind of stop style t- op laners like the Fiora and the Darius. He's he's shown in at least in the challenger challenger ladder that he can play those. But I really think it's going to be the same old story from Liquid, and that their top laner is not their primary focus. It's around their two Koreans. Right, and and that's something that you know is definitely a stylistic choice. For Liquid, And when you have a guy like Piglet on your team, I, I get where they're coming from on it. I think that they look at who needs to get resources, right? You, you need Phoenix to get resources because he's in the mid lane and you need your mid laner to be powerful. You need Piglet to get resources because he's your AD carry and Piglet's kind of the star on your team. And I will dominate as a guy that loves getting resources. So... You know, he's he's a jungler that likes to make impact in that way. And so... I, I get where Lorlo just being able to fit into the system and be a cog in the machine is going to be, you know, c- could be enough at the end of the day. Here's my problem, though. Uh, Quas had the highest kill participation rate amongst all top laners last split. Second in KDA. Uh, his laning was not great, but he made up for it post the laning phase by just being everywhere that team needed him to be. And yes, was he out of his, his champion pool? Of course he was. They really did a lot of things that just put him in whatever hole they needed him to fill at that point. And so you're going to have some problems with you know laning and, and some of those other stats when he's not being put in a position to succeed in those ways. But there is something about having played the game as long as he has and knowing exactly when to teleport and knowing when to follow through on those calls that I think Lorlo is going to have a very hard time recreating. I think anyone would. I think Quas, in that way, managed to play champions outside of his pool or outside of you know what would maybe be the most effective thing for him and still made a really big impact. And I don't know 
if Lorlo is going to be able to recreate that, at least not right away. It's going to be very interesting to see what they try to do. But Walter, I'm hearing some gumshoe music in the background. It's that classic, you know, 1940s, you know, get, let's get the Casablanca. Let's get all those kinds of things going. I really hope Casablanca was made in the 1940s. Otherwise, I just look dumb. But Walter, what are you seeing right now? Well, I, I have a few issues wrong with this team. And I'm going to basically go off of their show and the third episode that they showed, which happens to show the departure of Quas. And part of the problem I have here is that they constantly are talking about all these attitude issues that, that everyone, not just, you know, not just the Koreans, not just I will dominate, not Quas, but like everyone on the main team has. And that, you know, there, there's uh, Fabi, they're, they're at this 10-man roster thing. So apparently Fabi was was playing AD Carey with Phoenix in one of their scrims. Because when you have a 10-man roster, yeah, you switch things up. You see how, you're, how everyone plays together, not only on the primary starting lineup, but your bench guys. How do they integrate into the starting lineup in case, you know, something happens. In, pay, in case, you know, your AD Carey gets sick. In case I Will Dominate has a family emergency. Like, whatever. You just want to test it all out. And they specifically talk about this incident where... Uh, Fabi picks a champion for Phoenix that Phoenix doesn't want to play. So they, Fabi leaves the lobby, comes back in, he picks another champion, and Phoenix doesn't want to play that champion. And they talk about, you know, oh yeah, we're in scrim, and all of a sudden at some point Phoenix just, you know, turns all the volume down off on his, uh, on his team speak, so he can't hear anything, so he's basically muted. And, you know, Steve, Steve Liquid and Joka Steve and the new coach that they have, they're all talking about this. The new coach even goes to the point and says, I'm not going to want to work with this team anymore because they're just – they're not, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not going to want to work with these guys anymore because their attitudes are getting in the way. Like there's some crazy attitude problems going here, but there's been crazy attitude problems on Liquid and on Curse back in, since season three and before. Like let's not forget, you had St. Vicious on this. And at some point, we have to look at it that it's not just a player integration problem, but the people that put all these players together. And at some point, Steve needs to look at himself and look at his organization and try and understand, are these the right people to even be running my League of Legends team? Because if you keep changing players and you still constantly are ending up fourth, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Maybe there's a real curse, or maybe it's the other people that have stuck around while you keep changing your players. When a team in football isn't doing well and they change their quarterback and they you know, change defensive pieces, they start firing coaches. They start changing coaches. They start changing the fundamental people who are involved in the business, and you have guys like Mark and you have guys like Joka that have been here for you know two years almost, and they aren't changing things. So... I really think that there's something going on behind the scenes that we aren't even seeing on the show that is really affecting this organization when it comes to League of Legends. Yeah, and we were talking about this last year, and it was about Piglet instead of Phoenix, but it was the same kind of idea where you know, it really felt like this organization was just underprepared to deal with the issues and the ego and all the other stuff that having players like that brings. They didn't seem to understand the cultural values and, the, and how they were going to approach these kinds of practices. And they didn't seem ready for some of these, you know, pouting kind of fits and everything else. Piglet had to get benched last year. Do we remember that? Like, that happened. There was a period of time in which it looked like Piglet might have been done on liquid. And, you know, they figured it out, you know, I guess. But at the same time, like, seeing these issues pop up again, I, I'm not going to pretend to be surprised by it. 
there was nothing in that episode. You know, I don't usually watch these things, but Walter told me I needed to watch this one, so I did. And there was nothing there that surprised me other than the fact that anyone would be surprised at this point in Liquid's career as an, you know, as an organization going back to when they were Curse, that this would still be happening. They've never managed these kinds of personalities well. They've never found a way to to hold these guys in discipline. They need a coach like Daylor who will just get these guys in shape. Loco Doco is like the opposite of that. I have no idea why that was the decision they made other than they needed somebody and fast. But it's uh, there, there are some concerns on just a fundamental organizational level with this roster right now. And, and I don't know what makes that better. I don't know how you fix that at this point. Uh, especially when guys like Piglet and Phoenix have been re-signed for some pretty sizable contracts and they're not going away anytime soon. Um, so Walter, at the end of the day, where do you think this liquid team ends up? So I, I, when I started the off season, once like all the rosters were kind of confirmed, I, I, I placed them in my mid tier and I keep saying this on all the podcasts, but I, I basically said my mid tier of teams were immortal CLG cloud nine, Renegades, and Team Liquid. And after watching that episode, which was from the day they're recording it, I think two days ago was when I watched it, and and just all the thoughts that have been going through my head, I keep knocking them down and knocking them down. And this is definitely not a playoff team. In my opinion, the way I'm looking at it right now, they're probably not a playoff team. They're probably in one of the relegation spots. Not auto-relegated because TIP is awful, but... If, if Echo Fox and Dignitas can figure out how to make things work, when this is a team that's clearly on the downtrend in terms of trying to make everything cohesive, and the fact that they're going to this huge 10-man roster, and Steve is saying, yeah, because we want every single player to feel the pressure of another guy you know, right on his neck, it just it seems like they're taking a huge gamble because even they understand that that they are not sure where this team is going to end up. So today, I think that they're going to probably be relegated, but at the same time, there is talent. There is a ton of talent on this roster, and they could end up third. They, they could end up all the way in third place at the end of the split. I, I don't think they're better talent-wise than TSM or energy at all, but there could be a chance that they figure it out and end up third. But just how I'm looking at it right now and seeing all the problems and, and all that, and we aren't hearing about any problems really from any other organization, and a bunch of other organizations are pr- being pretty you know, straightforward and showing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's through pictures or videos on Twitter, whether it's an absolutely badass intro video for Freeze that Renegades did with Eminem <laughs> in the background – this is the only team that literally seems to be having all these crazy problems and they're putting them out there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. So I have to take that as an analyst and I have to just say, I don't think they're making the playoffs and it would not surprise me if they're not even seventh place and they're playing in relegations. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I, I, on the one hand, I totally get where you're coming from. I hate seeing all of this before the season's even started. Like usually you wait until after a couple losses or whatever for things to implode. But for things to already be this rough, and they haven't even played a game yet, uh, that's not great. By the way, they play TSM in week one, so it's not like they're going to they're gonna start off with a, like some easy slate. But here's the thing. Uh, you know what fixes a lot of problems? Winning. You win games, suddenly a lot of problems just go away. And the thing about this team, and the reason that 
I don't feel as confident as you do that they're going to implode is that there's just – there's a lot of talent here. Piglet is really good. Phoenix, when he's on the kind of champions he likes to play, is very good at them. And the fact of the matter is we have no idea how he spent this offseason trying to expand that pool. Certainly doesn't sound like he did because it seems like if he doesn't get to play what he wants, he uh, he just refuses to play. But you know, when he does get to play the things that he likes – it goes well. I will dominate has been a longtime veteran presence for a reason. So there's a lot of talent here, and it's the kind of talent that makes me say, do, do I really believe that Piglet, of all players, is going to be sitting on the outside looking in when the playoffs roll around? And I have a hard time saying yes to that question, but I have a harder time saying, is there anything that this Liquid organization has done to tell me that the problems that are being shown in these videos and the things we're hearing and the personalities that we have seen display themselves over the time they've been in the LCS are going to get better? And my answer to that is just no. And that's what leaves me in a very weird place. I refuse to make a final say until I actually write my Power Rankings article, which are coming out soon. But until then, uh, thank you so much for listening. Walter, where can they find you on social media and all that jazz? Yeah, so you guys can find me uh, at C80s underscore LOL on Twitter. And I am at Redshirt King. We love hearing from you guys. We love getting feedback. So please do follow us and tweet at us. We love talking to you guys. Um, You can also listen to all of our podcasts we've done on soundcloud.com slash esports gambling hour or on itunes if you just search esports gambling hour you should definitely subscribe to either one of those that way you get all of our episodes we are on day nine for europe and north america we only have one team left in each region so you should definitely go back and listen to all of those if you haven't yet it's been a really fun comprehensive look at everything going on in the scene and come back tomorrow as we take on a team that I've been quoted as saying before sounds like a really great Metal Gear Solid bad guy. Uh, And until then, goodbye, Internet.